The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 79 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, we have football to talk about. Tom and I will be discussing the ones, the twos, and the threes, and looking at some of our favorite players from the Chiefs' loss to the Saints. But first... We're rolling into another preseason football schedule with a Chiefs loss. Uh, are we worried, Tom? I was worried that the Undertaker was about to pull up on his bike there. I'm not going to lie. When you started playing "Rolling by Limbiscuit," did you put that on purposely because I was at a Limbiscuit gig yesterday? I did. I put it in your honour this time. Really? Yeah, that, that's cool. I yeah. appreciate it. I do appreciate. I appreciate it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I know you're a big Don't fan of them. Leave me alone. <laughs> was, it, was it a good gig? Oh, good? mate. I, they, they always put on a good show. It's the fourth time I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, yeah, second time in three months. Wow. <laughs> I've seen them, yeah. Um, they are my favourite band ever, I'm not going to lie. Like, they were, like, at their powers when, when I was 10 to, like, 14. Yeah. So, like, I was right there when Biscuit were... Were there to be manipulated. Their peak, yeah. So it has carried through and like 25 years later, I'm still just as obsessed with them as I was back then. So, yeah, no. Sure. Was, I'm aging myself here, but mate, it was Guns N' Roses for me. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm aging myself there. Wow. No, no, it was really cool. I actually saw a couple of Chiefs jerseys there. No way. Um, yeah, I did. I saw... A, a number 10, it wasn't a Tariq here, it was like a personalised one. I walked past them and gave them a go, go Chiefs! And they were like, yeah! And I saw a lady in a, a Mahomes jersey as well. Really? And, I, and I walked past them and Paddy Mahomes, baby! And she kind of gave me a weird look. I'm, I don't think she knows who. <laughs> but uh, but that, is, that is such who Patrick Mahomes is now. He is going to become uh, a guy that's just on the back of a shirt that people don't know who he is. And it's just yeah. because 
he's going to be a popular sports person, but no one's going to know who he is. It's just like, you know, a lot of people wearing like, I don't know, the likes of like Michael Jordan jerseys. Okay, that's mm. maybe a bit far out there. But when people wear Raiders, lots of people wear Raiders jerseys because yeah. they're black and they they get go by pretty much everything and no one really knows who they are. So yeah. actually Fred Durst is wearing a, a Raiders jersey when he was playing. Did yeah, um, walk out after that? <laughs> yeah, just just threw something at him. No. <laughs> just threw your beer at him. <laughs> That's twice now. Actually, the last two times I've seen him, he's been wearing a Raiders jersey. Um, really? But they're from Jacksonville, so I don't understand why they're not wearing a a Jags jersey. But you know, well, you can't. Really they're the most famous people, supporter, can you? <laughs> yeah. Arlen <laughs> Biscuit, the most famous people to come out of um, Jacksonville. I can't name anybody else. It's either him or Blaine Gabbert, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool. I do recommend it. If you do get an opportunity to go see them, they do put on a good show. They, yeah. they, they, they Every now and then they try throwing in like something that was after Chocolate Starfish and everyone's like, no, just go to the next stuff. Go back to the old stuff. <laughs> they do. But yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a cool show. Just uh, just going off script a little bit here. Um just talking about jerseys and stuff, and 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 players being well known in the in England and everything. Did you see Tom Brady has bought into Birmingham City, <laughs> and he was in a pub in Birmingham meeting with the locals? I bet he couldn't understand the thing they were saying. <laughs> Without doubt, the worst accent in the British Isles. But I'd skip it. I'd I've just won the lottery, but I sound like I'm moaning about it. <laughs> like honestly, I, 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 it's only about an hour and a half up the road from me, and they start talking like that. Weird. But I just, honestly, it is the worst accent, and he must be thinking, "What the hell have I done?" Like, you know, like, what have I done, Frodo? <laughs> Not Frodo. It's Anakin Skywalker. What am I talking about? Um, yeah, but it's such a bad, bad accent that the Brummy Midlands accent. But yeah, I just find it so weird that that all these like professional sports stars from America that are clearly earn way too much money in their time and thinking, ah, oh, sod it, I'm going to invest in lower league football clubs. Like, yeah, JJ Watt investing in Burnley. Obviously, you've got the famous one, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKinney um, investing in Wrexham. Yeah. And now you've got Tom Brady investing in Birmingham City. Like, what, I'd what, like to I, think I don't know what's next. I'd like to think Mahomes is going to start, you know, Putting a finger in that pie, I think maybe you know maybe buying like I don't know. Do you think it would, would, do you think he'd actually buy somebody like Newcastle, my team, or Arsenal, your team? No, it's, they can't. He can't afford them. It's that's too much money. But like he'd, he'd be able to afford a lower league club. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Patrick Mahomes will invest in uh, I don't know. Would it have Plymouth. to be a red team? You, yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking when I was going through it. Who who plays in red in the lower leagues? Yeah. Um, Walsall. <laughs> yeah. You gonna invest that. in Walsall. But then again, Walsall's another Midlands club. And so you have to part with that accent. Actually, that's that'd be an interesting conversation. Patrick Mahomes' voice versus someone with a brummy accent. <laughs> <laughs> Got all these parts and I don't know what he's for. What are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, um, we sidetracked a little bit there, but um, let's get on to uh, the actual game, actually, because um, we got some football to watch, which was great. Um, I settled down to watch the game. I know you were out and you kind of missed the, the live coverage of it, but um, I settled down. I thought, this is great. You're going to start seeing Patrick Mahomes. And I went <laughs> on maybe a cup of tea, sat down, and he'd already played his two players or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, I missed him. 
I thought he was going to play a quarter. <laughs> oh, you made the mistake that loads of people make every year. Yeah. You got excited about the preseason. Yeah, I did. I did. It sucked me in. It really did suck me in. I thought, this is it. We're going to get a full quarter of Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Yeah. Have a look at this defense, see what they can do. And yeah, like I said, I made my cup of tea and that was it. It was over with. <laughs> we were back yeah. onto the twos and threes after that. So I don't actually think they should broadcast preseason games. I reckon every preseason game should just be put out there like they do on hard knocks. You know, that they just produce every preseason game like they do on Hard Knocks, where you just get like a little 10 minutes at the end and you get the story of the game with some players put in, you have a few mic'd up here and there. That's the way you need to watch the preseason because not only at times could it be incredibly boring, it's also incredibly long. I couldn't believe it when I logged on earlier to re-watch the game and I was going to watch the full version, but the entire broadcast package was four hours and five minutes long. I'm not... I'm not doing that. In the end, I ended up watching the the game in 40 where you don't get any adverts, you don't get any replays, but just watch the 40-minute version. Yeah, but best bits, yeah. Sitting there, right, fair play to anyone that sat there and watched four hours and five minutes of pre-season football. Like, you are the real MVPs. Well, I mean, pre-season wasn't all bad. I mean, there was some highlights. Um, all right. Technically, it wasn't from the ones, but the pre-season is something you've just got to look at with um, a bit of sense of realism in a way, haven't you? That... It is just for the twos and threes to kind of fight for a place on this squad. Yeah. And the ones pretty much that everybody was playing in the ones are going to be getting their place on the on the roster anyway. So um, we won't go too far into the ones because the ones were just, <laughs> I mean, the, the defense was just so soft. Nobody was wanting to tackle. Nobody was wanting to get hurt. No, and, and you can get that. I mean, Andy Reid's vanilla offense, that's another thing as well. I mean, CEH probably had more touches than anybody in the first yeah. uh, first stint. Um, we actually talked about running backs and try to run them into the ground. They are literally doing that with Clyde Vitalera, aren't they? <laughs> pre-season four, just give them the running back, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to give any games, any players away or anything like that, do you, when, no. uh, when it comes to pre-season? And so... Um, the twos that like, we score. Sorry to interrupt. It's like I'm always... in. You know the really famous Titans punt t- touchdown or fake punt touchdown. It was years ago. It was in yeah. the Hall of Fame game. And it was an incredible play. It's where the, the punter, I can't remember his name, but you see it every single year, every time the day of the Hall of Fame game, the Twitter pops up. And it's where Mayboy goes to take the punt return and he ends up putting the ball around his back and running to the running yeah. to the end zone. It's like a four-yard touchdown. It's a hell of a play. I've always been so annoyed that they used that in the preseason. Yeah. Like, why not wait and use that type of stuff? in the regular season. Like if Mahomes come out yesterday and threw a left-handed pass behind his back, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be so, 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 so annoyed because yeah, it'd be fun. And everyone would be like, yeah, look at Mahomes. He can do that. We best watch out for that in the regular season, but he wouldn't ever do it again. So I'm actually okay with Andy Reid keeping it extremely vanilla. He always does. I was actually looking at some of the, the preseason games from the last few years. And like outside of one where Mahomes threw two touchdowns and he probably yeah. played an extended period of time, that was a couple of years ago. It's been so incredibly boring. And the stat lines for Mahomes, you if you base you base your opinion on Patrick Mahomes purely on his stat lines from the preseason and his quarterback rating, you think, who the hell is this guy? Shane Bichelli should be the QB one for the Chiefs. Like yeah. it, it's, it's nothing to look into. It's nothing to get annoyed about. And this is where... I think some people do struggle with it. People like massively overreact to the preseason. But like you always have to remember that the 2009 Lions, I know people throw this up a lot. They went 4-0 and 
and <laughs> he went four and zero in the preseason, zero and sixteen in the regular season. So preseason, the results really doesn't matter. The performances from your ones really doesn't matter. But yeah, certainly on the the flip side of the the twos and the threes and like yeah, especially when you've got a battle at certain positions like we've got going on, they are the important ones. How do they stand out? So yeah, that is important. But let's not get too caught up on what Patrick Mahomes didn't do mm. on a Sunday evening in the middle of August against the New Orleans Saints. It certainly looked like that Andy Reid, I joked on it on social media, that it looked like Andy Reid had just dusted off the 2019 playbook because he had Blake Bell in motion uh, for the uh, the fourth down kind of uh, QB sneak that he did. That he, he always does it. He always yeah. does it. And everybody knows it's coming because as soon as you see Blake Bell going in motion, they're like, oh, well, he's just going to sneak it because Patrick Mahomes isn't. I'll tell you what, that's actually probably the only play that did matter. <laughs> the entire, <laughs> it had the entire lot. What can they do differently this year on, on those situations? Because it doesn't work anymore. No one is surprised by the tight end going in motion in the quarterback sneak. Like, surely it's about time that Mahomes starts running them himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it worked for Brady. I mean, if he was, if Brady's happy to do it and he's considered the goat by yeah. some people, um, then, you know... A lot of people. Um, so... Um, <laughs> then surely you would get somebody like Patrick Mahomes. I think we've always been scared about the fact that, obviously, his kneecap spun the, the wrong way around or whatever it was on that play, that one play that, that seems to have mm. just doomed us from forevermore of ever yeah. seeing Patrick Mahomes ever doing a QB sneak. But it's clearly got to be in the in the playbook this year, at yeah. least, or at least from this point moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be confident in it. No, you're letting the guy run on a bum ankle in the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game, right? <laughs> and him run 25 yards when his ankle is literally hanging on by a thread, but you still won't let him run a quarterback sneak. Like I get not doing it in the preseason, but I'm just I'm 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 hoping that that isn't the plan for mm. for this year. I'm I'm because obviously they're not going to carry a fullback into the season for the first time in God knows how long. Because obviously Michael Burns gone now; he's in Denver, and yeah. unless they move on their tight ends to a fullback position, that's not going to happen. So. That the fullback uh, dives out the option uh, out out of the playbook now, so I don't know what else they can do on fourth and one. Yeah, they can try their sprint out, but Tyree Kill's not there. So unless you're going to drop Mahomes back and just let him have a a pass by every time, every time, then surely now now is the time that you have to start running the QB sneak with with fifteen. And like it would be, I think it would be good. I think it'd be a big mental weight lifted off the team if they could do that because so many times last year where. I'd love to get the stats. I probably should have got the stats before we brought it up, but like it seemed like fourth and one and third and one last year was just such a struggle. Yeah. And then you look at the Super Bowl and like we're playing the Eagles and yeah, they had their specific play for it. And yeah, they were putting Jalen Hurts' body on the line a little bit too much for my liking if I was an Eagles fan. But they were just every third and one, fourth and one, it was easy for them. Yeah. It was it, it was simple. They just managed to push push Jalen Hurts over the over the line and yeah and somehow and for whatever reason the league didn't want to get rid of that play they kept that play in there yeah I don't want the Chiefs to be running it all the time not to the extent that the the Eagles certainly were against us in the Super Bowl but surely now this is the time that the Chiefs actually go right let's try it let, let's let yeah. at least got to try this in a game we can't carry on putting Blake Bell in quarterback sneaks because it's just not going to work this year just like you said it's just it's just telegraphed from every time yeah. he goes in motion, it's telegraphed now that it worked before. Fantastic. Yeah. But they snuffed it out really well in this one. And obviously the Chiefs managed to sit down on the bench again from uh, from not actually getting the, the, the fourth and one done. Um, but 
Again, as we were saying, Andy Reid's vanilla offense. Um, it might be an indication that we probably will throw that out now from moving mm. forward uh, in the season. It could be that we don't know what they they're going to dial up in the new season. But um, preseason isn't the time to try these things. So clearly, um, it was going to be vanilla. Um, I just wanted to uh, just uh, kind of flip on the other side, Derek Carr. He looked amazing against our defence. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a Super Bowl winner. I mean, if you put the two players or the two teams on there yeah. from that first few drives from, yeah. from the one, you'd think that the Saints were the Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Um, and when Derek Carr scored his touchdown, he was like proper like psyching up the crowd. I'm thinking, mm. wow, this guy, this, this really is Derek Carr's Super Bowl. This isn't it. Trying to get one over on Patrick Mahomes yet again. Um, I, I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's the fact that he's in the new city. He's got his new team. It's the first touchdown yeah. pass, albeit unofficial, that he's thrown of his Saints career. I think it's I, I think it's a sneaky good story to watch this year. Like, I'm not a massive Derek Carr fan. I think he's a bit of a, a douche, to be honest, But yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm not a massive fan of his. But maybe that was blinding slightly because he played for the Raiders. Like, I do think it's a nice redemption story this year, like him going to the Saints. I do think like he makes the Saints a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. I do think they have got some good pieces in that team. They've got a lot of vets. They've got a lot of savvy vets. I mean, you've got like Jameis Winston, Jimmy Graham, uh, <laughs> Michael yeah. Thomas, Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara. They've got all these older players. And the, a lot of them were, maybe minus Jameis Winston, were all really good players in their, in their prime. And like, especially Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas at one point was considered one of the best wide receivers in league and I do feel like they have got enough down in New Orleans to really have a go this year that division is crap this year there's there's like I think Derek Carr is probably the best quarterback in that division this year so they do stand a really good chance in making the playoffs and with a defense as good as theirs and an offense that if they can keep everyone on the field should do okay I think if you're a Saints fan like you do look at yesterday, yeah, it's only preseason, but you do look at yesterday and the start that they made, and you you'd be pretty excited about going into the season. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think you're right. I think that uh, that kind of blinkers that we put on when uh, we think of uh, of Derek Carr because he's been our kind of adversary for for so long, hasn't he? For so many years, yeah. FC West that you just think, oh yeah, I'd love to see him fail. But really, I'm like you, I'm I'm a bit more like I'd like to see him do better than what he what he has at the Raiders. Yeah. Like I would well. love for him to have a better career than Philip Rivers, honestly. <laughs> what, so you can argue that Derek Carr should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, honestly, I would. <laughs> I really would. If Derek Carr can make an NFC Championship game or even a Super Bowl with yeah. the Saints and the Chiefs beat him in the Super Bowl, I'd be fine with that, honestly. Yeah. I would. Okay. Remember, Derek Carr was really close to winning an MVP a few years ago. God, he, it was, wasn't it? When he was 2016, yeah. was it? Yeah, when, until he broke his leg. Yeah. He was really close to winning an MVP. They okay. were really good that year. Yeah, and they just he broke his leg and they all it all fell apart. But yeah, Del Rio era wasn't it? I can't remember who. The, so long ago now. They've had so many coaches that I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. But yeah, it's been a fun merry go around, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm 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 okay with it. I'm I, I I don't wish him well, but at the same time, I don't hate have it like the yeah. hatred. You don't want to win him. Let him win a Super Bowl. You just want him to do well. Go on, son. Get your participation trophy. Go on. Go and get that. Speaking of um, uh, Philip Rivers, did you see that story last week that come out the Forty Niners that if the Forty Niners made the Super Bowl, they potentially were going to call on Philip Rivers to um, be their backup quarterback. 
What, as in like the emergency guy? Or yeah, yeah, from last year. Yeah. Because obviously really? we got to, the, got to the NFC Championship game and the 49ers literally had no quarterbacks. They had Brock Purdy yeah. out there who couldn't throw a ball. And yeah, yeah they, they were completely done in quarterbacks. Apparently they were going to bring, they were thinking about bringing in Philip Rivers if, if that was going to be the case. Imagine that. Oh, that would have been annoying. Imagine if you'd won it. <laughs> Imagine oh. if you'd won that and then they'd gone and went went into the, into the Super Bowl and won it and he got in through the back door. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Addy would have had a ball of there somewhere. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only he went through the back door a bit more often. <laughs> it's only have less kids. I wasn't going to say it, but yes. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that time. <laughs> well, now we have to wait and see. We won't find out until Tuesday afternoon whether Steve leaves that in the show or not. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you did. Parent, parental advisory on this show. Going forward, <laughs> Daddy, what did Tom mean? Talking about the, that, that. Let's talk about the twos, the number twos. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so uh, Blaine Gabbert stepped up, um, and uh, he seemed to do okay. He seemed to do uh, pretty damn well. He connected well with uh, with Richie James. Actually, got a TD with him as well, um, which uh, I was quite confident. I thought he'd be a decent backup. Then we had Bouchelle come in. Mm. Yes, he threw an interception, but I, it was a bit harsh on him. Because, I mean, yeah, it was a slightly off target from Ross, and it was tipped. But after that, he seemed to really kind of gather his thoughts and, and really kind of play well after that. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know who I'd be more comfortable with as backup, whether it would be actually be Gabbard or actually would be uh, Bouchelle, because I thought both were serviceable. Confident, um, Gabbard's obviously got the experience and everything, but you know, Bushell, yeah, but... he, he had a bit of an inner Mahomes moment as well, which you know, it, the things like that rub off on young players like that, don't they? I think Chad Henney's success, yeah, has made me feel better about Blaine Gabbard because mm. I believe Blaine Gabbard and Chad Henney were both together in Jacksonville for quite a while, um. and that tandem of quarterbacks was basically the Jacksonville Jaguars equivalent of Damon Heward and Brody Croyle. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so if you had told me a few years ago, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes, the guy back in what would be Chad Henney. I'd be like, oh, for sake, what are we doing here, Andy? Come on, yeah, let's get someone else. But then obviously Chad Henney had all this success that he did and he was more than reliable when he did step in. In fact, I would say he was good, good to great sometimes. He's good, and, he's uh, legendary status yeah. in the kingdom. Yeah. Exactly, any given Sunday. Yeah. So now I feel a lot better about Blaine Gabbert because of Chad Henney's success in the system. Mm. So I do feel like the Chiefs will lean towards Gabbert being the number two. But at the same time, I think they have to really seriously consider Shane Buscelli mm. as a viable option also. And I do feel like they are going to carry three quarterbacks into the room really? this year. Yeah, especially because like, you look what happens to the 49ers. They can't be in that position. No. Every, like every game. And to your point, Buscelli made some plays that looked kind of Mahomes-esque, like looked like he could ad-lip a little bit more. And I, I kind of tend to think like, actually, if you're down to the point where you're playing your third, third string quarterback, maybe there should be a bit of <laughs> about it. Let's just let him go and play. Yeah. Like they, they, there's no point trying to get him into the offense and say, right, I need you to make these exact plays that Mahomes makes. We just kind of like Shane Buscelli to kind of be like, oh, you just do you. Yeah, and let's see how we get on. And at that point, if you're going from Mahomes to Gabbert to Bichelli, you're kind of thinking the game's lost anyway. So you might as well just let Bichelli be as comfortable as possible and let him do what he wants. So 
I do feel better about the quarterback situation, the, the backup quarterback situation after yesterday. But I don't want to sit here and say a rubber stamp, oh yeah, Blaine Gabbert's number two, because yeah. I don't want I don't want Gabbert to be that comfortable. I do want there to be a competition mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. And I am actually intrigued of all the things to be intrigued about in preseason. I think the quarterback, backup quarterback position is one of the things you can be intrigued about because it is so important these days. Like Mahomes, for all of his ability to like run and do all these wonderful physical things, he has got injured from time to time. Like we have seen it. Well, he's had what now? What three or four injuries in yeah. his six year starting? So he's not he yeah, he mostly he's available, but every now and then he will he will sit out games. He will sit out halves. He will sit out drives. So we do need these guys to come in and play for him. So yeah, I, I, I'm up for the competition. I like the competition, and I'm I'm here for Gabbert versus Buscelli. I'm here for Gabbert versus Buscelli part two and part three. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. It's an interesting point you raised, actually, about the you know that reluctance sometimes from a, a team to actually let their backup QB just play his, play his own game. Yeah. I think that's where the Chiefs do really well because I mean we saw we saw Henny taking games to you know to, to other teams, you know, where he's he made that amazing run, didn't he? So he obviously made that, uh, that was it the fourth down that we had that was against he, the Browns. Against yeah. the Browns, he died across it. You know, he 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 took that on himself to actually go and make that right. play, and that's what you kind of want. And I think the Chiefs, I think Andy Reid almost encourages that a little bit more. Where I think other teams don't really like to do that with their backup QBs, especially mm-hmm. like a third stringer, where they'll like you said a lot of the time they'll just probably give them handoffs or check down yeah. plays or something like that, you know, just to kind of keep keep the ball moving and keep that momentum going. But, um, yeah, I, it's an interesting point, that, because, yeah, I, I think it's good when you see in the preseason that they have got that freedom. And, again, we saw it with uh, with Bichelle with that hell of a play, the little sidestep mm. that he did, like Mahomes-esque, you know, to, uh, for the past two. Uh, it was very Mahomes-esque, wasn't it? Very much. When I actually looked at it, I thought, God, it was Mahomes back on the field. That's what I thought yeah. when he did it. Um, but um, I mean, th- like I said, things like that rub off in in in, in training camp, surely to a, a especially to a younger player. I mean, not more so than you know, Gabbert's probably still stuck in his own ways and his own kind of uh, you know techniques that he has. But um, Bashar's pretty. I, I think he's picked up a few things in uh, in training camp from Holmes, and uh, yeah, let him cook. <laughs> he's pulled up, now, let isn't him it? Cook. 
What? It's his third year now, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got to be knocking on the door, surely. Like, it can't be too mm-hmm. long before he's going to be wanting that actual, the proper backup position. Like, if not this year, then certainly next year. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm here for, I can't imagine he'll get picked up if we do end up cutting him and trying to get him onto the practice squad. I can't imagine another team will pick him up. But mm-hmm. no, I, I, I like it. I think it's an interesting battle. And like, his, his, that particular touchdown pass was just, so entertaining to to yeah. avoid the sacks like he did and then to keep his eyes downfield as well which is a very Mahomes trait to keep his eyes downfield under pressure and yeah to, to throw that laser afterwards yeah fair play to him Good yeah job. um he connected well with my guy Justin Ross um your guy my guy, guy. It, you, know, I've got, you can't try and take credit for Justin Ross no no I'm not gonna take credit for it. I'll take credit for Nick Bolton but not Justin Ross but um I <laughs> I'm literally just jumping on the back of, uh, like we said before, Patrick Mahomes Sr.'s uh, uh, hype train around yeah. Justin Ross. I think a lot of people are already on that hype train now already from seeing what they've saw already uh, in this preseason game. Um, I liked his route running. Um, I don't know if you saw his kind of route where he made for, um, I'm trying to think of who it was, number 17. Who was it who scored the touchdown at the back? Richie James. Richie James, that was it. I, I can't get used to the numbers. I always think Nicole Hardman. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's another thing. Well, I'll come up in a minute about blooming jersey numbers. Just come loads of players had swapped all the numbers around and yeah, stuff yeah. as well. Which I'm glad you want to bring that up because I do too. So confusing, but um, but yeah, I mean, even just like the diversionary runs that he did as well, which, which really helped the team. I was really impressed with Ross. Um, I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, like I said to you, I've only watched the game in forty, so it's really hard to get a feel for. Yeah, yeah, what actually happens because you don't see any replays. But the bits that I saw. I thought, all right, okay, this guy's here to play. The bit that impressed me the most was it was like the contact that he took. Like I don't know if you the interception Ooh, yeah. from Chamber Shelley. Ross obviously lost out on the jump ball and the ball got yeah. tipped. But I don't know if you saw in the aftermath, he got hit twice. Once by a Saints defender, and as he was getting up, another Chiefs uh, offensive lineman just come along and cleaned him out. But <laughs> and I've yeah. uh, you're just testing what, him out, you know. Just yeah, test, yeah. test that back out. So we talked about it last week about like the the difference between like training camp and obviously preseason, and we wanted to see these guys play at full speed, and we wanted to see like full contact, and they finally got to see that with Justin Ross, and it was nice to see him fight through contact a couple of times. There was one point where he made a nice play. Actually, he actually ran a curl. Um, he was the far side of the field from the the broadcast angle, and he ran about seven eight nine yard hitch mm. and the only thing that I didn't like on that particular play was that Chamber Shelley threw the ball and it was kind of like a bit of a dud the ball like yeah, it yeah. should have had a bit more zip on it and it didn't like it was my my homes it probably had enough zip but Justin Ross was waiting for the ball a little bit too much and like the, the, the Saints defender almost got across got across mm. him and picked off and he had he done it it would have been sick for sure in that situation I'd like to see Justin Ross react a little bit more to the underthrown ball maybe go towards the ball and catch it that's like but that's really really nitpicky I loved his route for the touchdown I I, I loved his hands I, I loved the, his route running again for the Richie James like the freeing, yeah. freeing up Richie James into the far corner yeah you can argue that it was a bit of a blown coverage on the Saints part but even still Justin Ross played his part in it so yeah I, I enjoyed it overall and I think I, I don't think it's a it's a hype train that's necessarily slowing down anytime soon. Like I, I'm just started doing our headlines now for Tuesday morning, and one of the CBS articles is overreaction versus reality. And one of the things is, are uh, Justin Ross is making the the Chiefs roster, and they're already putting it as reality. So I do feel like this is going to be a story that picks up more and more 
and more national attention. So it's just be interesting to see how much the Chiefs are going to throw at him over the next couple of weeks and over the next couple of games. I do like the fact he wasn't in with Mahomes because if you look at the receivers that were in with Mahomes, Sky Moore, MBS, these are the guys that are guaranteed to make the roster. They didn't even get a pass thrown their way. So they've been wasted reps playing with Mahomes. What he does with Blaine Gabbert, what he does with Shane Buscelli in the next couple of weeks, that's the part which will make us be excited or kind of down on him. And right now, I think you have to agree that everyone needs to be excited about Justin Ross. I just wanted to discuss uh, a couple of other uh, receivers in this as well. Uh, Nico Remigio. Am I saying that right? Nico Remigio. Remigio. Um, it's like great the, um, name. It's I like the um, uh, what's it? And Glorious Bastards scene again. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Remember, you did we talk about this on a podcast before? I can't even remember the Gorlami bit. I, I can't. You trying to get into Germany, mate? That's what yeah. he was trying to get into the Germany stadium, the Frankfurt stadium. Gorlami. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm going to call it Nico Remigio. I like that one better. I like that one better. Um, it, it'll probably correct. Is me it Spanish? Boy, I have no idea. Know. I have no idea. It's it's. What's his name? What's his name? Remigio. Nico Remigio. How do we spell it? R I M I G I O. G I O and bingo. What's his name? There's a song there. There's a song there. Tom from Frankfurt. Oh, it's Filipino. Remigio. It's Filipino. Is it? So it's not Spanish or Italian. It's a Filipino name. I wonder. I don't. I, I don't know how to. Pro- I don't know how to pronounce any Filipino names. So it's... let's go, Nico Remigio. Remigio. It sounds like something you know when you like watching Italian football over here, Italian soccer. And it was like you know the, the era when it was like Paul Gasolazzo. Yeah, Golazzo. Yeah, that's what. I, that's what it reminds me of Nico Remigio. Nico Remigio, go. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. Torrado la juega por abajo. El arquero sale, la tiene Gio. No hay arquero, no hay arquero, no hay arquero, no hay arquero. ¿Quién le pega? ¿Quién le pega? Gio Lazo. Apago la luz y me voy. No. Or it might just be Nico. Remigio. Someone needs to ask him. Yeah. I'd love to know. Yeah, because I, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and pronounce it wrong all season. I know. It's like, well, it's like Valdez Scantlin, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. getting, like, I was getting... gonna say, not even that, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey or Kelsey. Kelsey. Whatever it is. Kelsey. Remigio. 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 Right. I'm going with Remigio. Yeah. I'm going with Remigio. Okay. And, and you're going with Remigio. Remigio. Okay, right. We need to figure it out. Okay. We'll we'll find out for next time. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, going back to the point. Um, so we had Remigio and we even saw your guy, your guy, Cornell Powell, making a payment <laughs> appearance. What the hell's going on there? Oh no. Is he you coming out of the side? Is, is he coming mind. out of nowhere? Is he just is he is is, is he gonna steal one of these no. places? <laughs> You're never going to let me let me lift that article <laughs> down, are you? <laughs> oh, for new fans of the show or new listeners to the show, I don't know if anyone's actually a fan. 
Uh, for new listeners to the show, yeah, I wrote a, uh, a breakdown for, for AP on Cornell Powell once he got drafted, and um, it was quite positive on Cornell Powell, and it's obviously not paid out what, that way. What ballot is he going to go in? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, I, 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 yeah, he he done all right, but I still don't think he's making a roster. No, I don't think it is. But the, the, the thing is, what we're saying is, we, with these preseason games, we saw a lot of uh, inclusion for a lot of these wide receivers, mm. didn't we? That, you know, go out there, go make a play and go and try and put yourself some tape on there, that, mm. you know, that we can look at. And all the players, all of the, all the receivers did the job. And then I, I was, I, it, I, I like the fact that we've got these wide receiver battles this time because it, it, it does give us content for the show. But it's also really interesting as a fan to watch this because I don't feel right now that we have an outright WR1. And to see who we're going to have on the like the top four, maybe top five. Um, I mean, I don't know how many wide receivers are going to take this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got such a good collection of wide receivers at the minute that are all really kind of bringing it. And they've all kind of got their own little hype trains as well. I'm not saying Cornell Powell is or Remigio, but um, the others have clearly. But there's mm. still the opportunity for these other wide receivers to actually make a name for themselves and that's what i'm looking that's, i think that's what i'm looking forward to the most for the next few preseason games is there's a little bit of a battle going on here and it's nice mm. that we're getting we're getting some really kind of tasty uh footage of these players that, yeah it, yeah we could that the, obviously the chiefs uh staff are going to actually pick out and and kind of utilize but i i think i think there's going to take they're going to take quite a few wide receivers this year don't you think where do you think where do you reckon they stand on justin watson what would you do about Justin Watson? I really don't know. Um, I honestly I don't, don't know. I don't know if I see the upside enough to keep him. Like Probably, I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think he's reliable enough. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you like, how many reliable wide receivers do you need? Like, yes, you, you do want a form of reliability, but at some point you want... You want one that you want to have enough guys that if they hit, it takes you to the next level. Yeah. And you don't I want a ceiling guy, do you? You don't want a ceiling guy. You want that potential guy who's going to be a breakout, don't you? Yeah. And I I would rather the Chiefs keep as many players as possible that could break out. Like have have enough like goes, buy enough lottery tickets than Justin Watson. I feel like we know who Justin Watson is a little bit. Mm. Um, like, don't get me wrong, he done really well when he was in oh, the yeah. team last year. But did he blow my mind? No. And like, I'm looking at this receiver room. Like, if Tony comes back for week one, like they're saying he's going to be back, like I'm skeptical on that. But if he's going to be back for week one, then brilliant. You're going to have Tony Sky Moore, who has to be better this year. MBS Richie Rashid James Rice. looks. Richie James looks like a steal already. He looks mm. like he's going to be the real deal for the Chiefs. Like, do you really need? Justin Watson, or or should the Chiefs play like Rashi Rice or Justin Ross or Rehikio or um we'll even get it right at some point, will we? Or even potentially Cornell Powell. Like, isn't it worth having those guys as opposed to, to Justin Watson? Like it wouldn't surprise me if he gets to the end of the training camp and or end of preseason and Justin Watson is the guy outside looking in. I'd much rather the Chiefs lose a guy like that mm. and have the potential of Justin Ross. So if Justin Watson gets released, 
there'd be a few teams that want to pick him up they're for mm-hmm. sure and they're here get another job but if Justin Ross gets released by the Chiefs there's not an injury designation you better believe that the world and his auntie is going to want to pick him up mm-hmm. just because of the what if factor and I think that's the what makes the Chiefs so exciting is that the fact they've got the players like that but what enables them to have those what-if players and, and more and more what-if players is the fact they have such reliability in the likes of Travis Kelsey. Mm. And like, like we, you just have to... like When you talk about wide receivers, you just can't talk about wide receivers. You need to talk about pass catchers in general. And this is where yeah. the luxury of Travis Kelsey comes into it because Travis Kelsey is an absolute stud. He is like one of the best pass catchers in the league. He is better than 95% of wide receivers in the NFL at running routes and catching footballs. So because you've got that old head, because you've got that reliability in him, you can afford to have these extra guys that you can just potentially break out. And I'd much rather them have Kelsey and have these guys that could potentially break out than, say, Justin Watson. So I do, I do feel like... We're going to be in a position a few weeks' time where Justin Watson potentially could be traded, could potentially be let go. Mm. And like and then same, but at the same time, Andy Reid might think, like, he's never gonna let me down, this guy. I want an, I want another player like that. So I, I I don't know. It's just for me, I would much rather the Chiefs keep these really exciting like youngsters around than say Justin Watson. There's so many questions, isn't there, around the wide receiving room? There's so many. I've never seen so many questions around a wide receiving room before yeah, because we just don't know because there are so many unknowns that's the yeah. thing there are so many we don't know who's going to do what who's going to fill these particular voids because in the space of what 18 months we've lost Tyreek Hill who was a special kind of talent we've lost McCole Hardman who had a particular set of skills and then and then we've we've lost Juju Smith-Schuster as well mm. and we've had to replace all three of those guys in the last 18 months so there are so many like different variables loads of moving parts in the wide receiver room that when it gets to week one, well, who we playing week one, Detroit Lions. I just don't know what the Chiefs passing attack is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be Kelsey, Skymore and MVS and maybe just a mixture of the other guys. Or are we going to get into a situation where all of a sudden Richie James is WR1 for the Chiefs? I just don't know. I just don't know how it's going to play out. It's, it's, it, is, it is exciting, I must admit. That's the thing that's keeping me watching preseason at the minute, for sure. Uh Defence. We haven't given much defence love, have we, at the minute? But um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Drew Tranquil because I thought he was fantastic. He was brilliant. And if we've got him as one of the guys that's going to be shoring up this defence, especially like Mm -hmm. linebacker and that, it's going to be... It's Yeah, I'm I'm very, very happy with the way he's played so far. And I've seen enough now that I'm like, right, yeah, he's fine. He's staying staying in the the roster for sure. very good game from him. He's um, going to get himself paid, you know. Oh, yeah. He's only signed a one-year, $3 million deal. Right. He's going to sign with us. So, he plays well this year. He's going to get himself paid handsomely. Yeah. And the the early return looks like he's going to be a very good player. And um, I do feel, I think he's going to be a, a contributor, a, a substantial contributor for the Chiefs yeah. this year. Reassurance, I think, from him is, is is key. I think, isn't it? Um, and obviously, we want to give it a shout out to uh, Helasi, Kalef uh, Helasi. I'm so I'm probably I'm probably putting a bit more of an exotic spin on these names at the minute, don't you think? Then I you think, need to, yeah, yeah. Then I should be. I mean, they're probably just like Helasi, you know. Um, but uh, his interception, I thought, was great. He grabbed it, plucked yeah. it out of the sky, and uh, yeah. yeah, he went crazy, didn't he? After he did that, what is it with the Chiefs and DBs? Like, yeah, I know. Like, Brett, Veach, gems. Brett Veach, what is your specialist subject for Mastermind? 
cornerbacks. Like, <laughs> that is it. The guy Cheap uh, cornerbacks. Yeah, we don't need to go into any more because we have like waxed lyrical about this over the off season. But Brett Veach, he he has an eye for talent when it comes to cornerbacks. He really does. Like, and yet again, the Chiefs' defensive backfield just looks like they found another diamond in the rough. It's just. It is phenomenal what they managed to do at cornerback year in and year out. And I actually watched the franchise, the the first episode uh, a couple of days ago, yeah. and they were talking about the Fab Five from last year. I didn't realize they had a nickname, by the way, until I, I watched that. I, yeah. didn't know I don't know if well, that's a new thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not a nickname we we make, we're not interested. It's um, not official if we don't make it up, mate. So. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's, it's exciting to see the, the, these young cornerbacks, these young defensive backs, come through and yeah I, I think that group is only going to get better yeah and better and better and better and fab six now is it yeah well yeah fab six <laughs> plus the jerry sneed yeah it's actually i've actually just finished headlines for tuesday morning obviously sorry mm. guys this is uh we record this a bit earlier than we normally do but um i'm go i'm leading with people have already seen this but the jerry sneed named a top five cornerback in the nfl now wow by, by the uh the 33rd team like i i put it i when I do our headlines, I see articles like that. I'm thinking, oh, when I go to it first and foremost, I think, are there actually going to be any Chiefs named in this list? Mm. And I saw the top 10 cornerbacks of the 2023 season, and I thought, is Snead going to be in this? I think, I think he doesn't normally get national recognition. Mm. And I scroll down, nine, eight, seven, oh, he's not going to be in it. And then there he is, number five, the Jerry Snead, top five cornerback in the NFL. Wow. Now. He's going to get paid, man. That's the problem. Not by us, That's the problem. <laughs> not by us. <laughs> not by not, us. No. Not by us. Well, the, uh, the would you pay him? Would I pay him? Yeah. I think from what he actually brings is quite unique in a way. Um, yeah. Because you do dial him up in the blitz quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and he's a he's, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a corner. He's, he's I would pay him. I would, I would pay, pay him. him. I would pay him. I, I I think he he does enough that enables the young corners outside of him to thrive yeah it's versatility that's the, that's yeah. the thing for him it's versatility I think. Like he, he's he's one of these players that i feel like a callback has to account for pre-snap mm. every single time and like if i'm a if i'm a callback and i'm and i'm a center and i'm trying to set up protections the first thing i'm looking at is like where's 95 <laughs> let's find him yeah turns out He's hanging out with Michael Bay. He's at home. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's Michael out, Bay. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with Michael Bay. And then secondly, what where's 38? Yeah. And if it's not 38, 38's not on that side on that side, then is 22 going from the other side, or 21 last year, now 22 mm-hmm. coming from the other side. Like it's just it's such flexibility, such versatility that he offers that I feel like the Chiefs should pay him. But given what we've seen of recent years, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. And it could be that Veach really, really does like his his, his cornerback conveyor belt. I think that's yeah. the, the the key thing from Veach, isn't it? He, he he is playing GM at the minute, um, mm. and he's doing it well. So who are we to argue? So uh, if it's working, it's working. So, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm I would definitely pay him. Um, and I would pay Chris Jones as well, but I mean, I don't have an unlimited amount of money and I don't have a cap space to work with. Do you so think I'm... we will get the Chris Jones deal done? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, the longer it's going on, the, the the longer I believe that obviously Chris Jones is adamant he's 
he he's getting the money that he's that he's owed um, because he is without a doubt the best player at his position right now, um, and I think he knows it, and I think he realizes as well, and he understands that the Chiefs' defense really does go through him as well, mm-hmm. um, and I think he knows his worth, and I think I, I really hope it does get across the line, and I think a lot of Chiefs fans echo that thought as well because we've been just transfixed on social media just trying to understand if there's any news coming out or any any um any any leaks anywhere um and not hearing anything's just frustrating people to the max um getting to the point where people are actually sick of hearing about it now and i think it has to get done sooner rather than later the longer this goes on in pre-season and before the the first game of the season the actual season i think this could actually cause a few ructions in the early part of the season if it doesn't get done ASAP. It depends if he turns up or not. Like well, that's it, I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't want to presume anything because he obviously I don't know if you saw the the show show and BK from last Friday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the AP released a snippet as they always do of every podcast of um show and BK talking about Chris Jones turning up or whether he will whether he will or whether he won't. And yeah. BK was quite vocal on the fact that he he thinks he will. But then Chris Jones replied to the tweet yeah. saying, you hope I will. So I need to be careful what I say. Oh, come on. I mean, what's he going to get this year? 28 million? Yeah. He's got to turn up for that, really, hasn't he? Yeah, he's going to have to take, he's going to have to take some contract uh, next year to make up that money loss. But then again, he might yeah. think, I want to protect my body. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. Obviously, he's got he's got a number in mind. The Chiefs have a number of mine. There's one way or another, they need to find a compromise and they need to meet in the middle somewhere. And I do hope it gets done. I think we need it to get done. Yeah. I don't think the Chiefs can win a Super Bowl this year without Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's hyperbolic to say that either. Yeah, they might have my homes, but we saw yesterday the pass rush was non-existent um, without Chris Jones. And Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, they were, they were doing well, doing all right, but I think it would be... And a huge improvement if we had the Chris Jones effect in there. Where yeah. There's, there's, there's offensive lines looking at where is Chris Jones on that offensive yeah, line, yeah, on that yeah. defensive line. Um, and I think with the edges, it'll help them so much, especially with the, the how young they are as well. You know, you yeah. got George and you got uh, Felix, isn't it? Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm absolutely with you there. He's a, he's an main focus of that defensive line that that teams really have to double up for a lot of the time. And I I, I think he's the key and you pay for that you've got to pay for that key yeah it's not like a Tyreek Hill situation where you can make up with it with Kelsey and Mahomes you lose Chris Jones you don't have anyone else at that level on that defense that commands that yeah not even not even close Nick Bowen's very good Legere Sneed is very good Justin Reed Trent McDuffie all great players all really good players Mm. but without 95 and I feel like they get found wanting like they, they can't win the Super Bowl about 95. They need to find a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get find a way to get it done and he does turn up and he does deploy, does decide to play this year, then I think he'll go out, he'll show out, and next year the number will be even more. So, yeah. yeah just got, you've got to get the deal done. Speaking of numbers. Why are numbers? I, I, saw the 22, I saw the 22 running around and I thought, is Thornhill back? <laughs> I would thought my, my, me Cole Hardman was back as well. Yeah. Um, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I mean, there was somebody else who was two instead of what were the uh, who was he four last time or two? I, I had no idea who these players yeah. are. I'm constantly looking at the Chiefs' depth chart or roster, 
just mm. to try and find who the hell these players are. Because, I mean, can you imagine if, like, Mahomes changed from 15 to 5, his college number or something like that? I mean, the, 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 I don't know if it's like the world would implode on itself or what, but it just doesn't feel right. I think right. you should really kind of keep the number that you've got when you go to a team and stick with that. Yeah. Because, again, it affects fans as well. Because if they yeah. bought your jersey and then you suddenly change it for the next season, they've got to buy a new jersey or they, it, yeah. it's out of date. And then uh, it's, just, it's just frustrating for me. I think a lot of people feel that way as well, that there's the frustration in there. Put the siren on, mate. So years ago, there was a, an Arsenal player called Nicholas Bentner that, uh, <laughs> that, that, moved, that moved from 52 to 26. He yeah. uh, changed his number. And um, he... He said, oh, so sorry, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm doing this. I'll, I'll refund anyone that's bought my shirt. And I think Arsenal had to give about 10 refunds out. 10? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if Mahomes moved from 15 to 5 now, it would be... Oh, it would bankrupt the Chiefs. It would be chaos. <laughs> because his brand's built around 1-5 now, isn't it? It's like 15 it homies. It has to stay 15. Okay, yeah, to a lesser extent, maybe cornerbacks and safeties, they don't matter as much when it comes to shirt sales. But yeah, just for continuity, I need the Chiefs to like keep it keep it together with numbers. Like you've got receivers wearing number four. You've eight. Got, yeah, you, yeah, you're like, where, what's happened to the receiver that wears an 80 number now? Oh, yeah. Justin cool. Watson's the only one I think that wears an 80 number now. I always used to like an 88. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a wide receiver, you know. All receivers, back when we were younger, all mm. receivers were 80s. Mm. And then now all of a sudden, obviously, the Chiefs are the ones to blame for this because the Chiefs that put this rule forward, the the, the uh, jersey change, the number change. And, uh, yeah, let's be honest, it doesn't really matter. We're talking about first world problems here. Yeah, we but, are, yeah. No, but nonetheless, it's still annoying. Like, like I, I kind of liked a couple of years ago when the Chiefs kind of all went to, like, the teens when all the receivers were wearing teams, I, I was kind of on board yeah. with that. That looked pretty cool. But all of a sudden, we're going to have receivers wearing 27 or 4, 84, 17, 11, 24. Like, come yeah. on. Like, what's going on? Like, there's the the only the worst numbers in football are in the 40s. I, I don't reckon it's going to be long before we have a receiver wearing like 44 or something like that. And it's just going to be... <laughs> it's just Random, be random number they can get. Oh, right. I mean, My first American football number... number my first yeah. American football number given to me was 40, and I was so mad. I was so, so, so mad I got 40. I was like, this is literally the worst number group in the entire sport. Like, That's not I'm my number. You don't 40. get recognised in the 40s. And it got changed to 12, and I was kind of happy with 12. I yeah. kept 12. The 12 as a, as a tight end receiver. I was like, okay, I'm all right with that. But my first number was 40. And, like, you know, like when you – I actually – and you know what? Fuck it. I was like a child. I sold. Like, I sold you big sold. time. Yeah, I sold Why big time. Why have they given me 40? Like, Why don't they like me? <laughs> it was like I hadn't made the team. Just seeing that. Then they give me back my helmet because they put the numbers on the helmet. They give me back my helmet and the jersey and they're 40 on it. And I was so angry. <laughs> so, 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 so mad about having a 40 on it. Not good. Well, you'd be terrible in the NFL, you, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. you throwing your helmet down on the ground and everything you'd be like a Tom be, Brady smashing his helmet and yeah I'd be buying numbers buying numbers like honestly 40 is the worst the, the 40s are the worst numbers in the NFL <laughs> and I'll die on that hill I'll die on that hill <laughs> no I agree with you it, it, it is a bit messed up at the minute and I don't know why they've done it to be honest I really don't know yeah. why they've done it but 
Hey, Hope, we're in this new world, aren't we, where, you know, everyone gets to choose their favourite number from whether it's college or whether it's some other significant reason why they've chosen that number. Who knows? Yeah. But um, anyway, we've got to live with it, don't we? Yeah. Well, my kids change their numbers on their football shirts every year. That's because they get older. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, even in soccer, it's like, you know, the lawn numbers are always from, from the keeper. It's like, the keeper always wore number one. Oh, don't. The the the, the defence always used to wear uh, the right back was always two, the left back was three, and the the the, the two kind of you know centre backs centre backs. Um, so what? Right, four, five, or six, aren't they? I was at Ars- I was at the Arsenal game on Saturday, and I was thinking this exact about this exact subject whilst <laughs> watching the game. So at one point, Arsenal. So at one point, Arsenal's back four was a number twelve at left back. What? Like which, yeah, exactly. A uh, number two at centre half, <laughs> what? A number four at centre half, which would be a centre midfield numbers, and then the worst of them all had a number five at right back. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. That's just. <laughs> and I was just like, this is like mad. <laughs> Who wrote the code in the matrix for that? That's yeah. about what I know. Because honestly, is... OCD kicking in massively whilst watching it. It's awful. It makes you want to put on football manager the game, doesn't it? And just yeah. make sure that you give you, you allocate your player numbers yeah. exactly how you have it. You know, you have your number nine, you have your number tens, you have your elevens yeah. and fourteens on the wing. Like once, once upon a time, I used to play right back, and they tried giving me the number three shirt, and I was like, I'm not a left back. Yeah. That's a left back's number. If you want me to play right back, give me the number two. <laughs> I'd have been all right at that. I played at right back, and I was like Maldini. Paolo Maldini was my idol. Wait, played, so you wore he, number three at right back? He wore number three, and I was used to wear it at number three. At oh, right no. Back. <laughs> no. Because he was my idol, and I, I wasn't no. left-footed. <laughs> no, right. So for people wondering what we're going on about, right, the, Right. basically, if we're going to play a 4-4-2 for soccer slash football, here's a football lesson, right? So basically, if you're going to play a 4-4-2, so four defenders, four midfields, two strikers. Classic four. It's me. real simple. This yeah. is how the numbers should go. Number one in goal, num- left back should be number three. The two centre-halves should be uh, five and six. The yeah. right back should be number two. Right midfield should be seven. Centre midfield should be four and eight. Left mid should be 11 and then yeah. up front nine and 10. Yeah. It's not it, hard. It's how it, it always works. how it should be. It's how it should be. So like the Chiefs quarterback should be not to 19. Then receivers all in the eighties, please. <laughs> One of them all in the eighties. If you want to put some in the teens, that's fine. But teens and eighties, none of this forties, none of this twenties, none of these single digits, please. And we wow. just spent, Far too long on that particular subject. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. The, the only number I just do not get is zero. I see it in basketball. And I oh. see. It. I saw a Saints players wearing zero, and I was like, "What yeah. are you doing?" Yeah, don't get it. Compensating. Yeah. <laughs> Compensating. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, why are you zero? It's not even a number, really, is it? Yeah. But- Anyway, uh, right. I think we'll leave it at that, mate, after that <laughs> bit of a rant right at the end. So uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time again to link up with you all and give you our thoughts on the latest news coming out of Chief's Kingdom. As always, stick around for more of your favourite podcasts from Arrowhead Pride and make sure you get all the latest Chief's news from our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.